God said, go and make disciples. You know, that, that call is for everybody. Every single one of us. And uh, as they say, it takes a, uh, a tribe to raise a family. Amen? And we're in this to raise a family of Christ. And that means if uh, we got to pray, then we got to pray. If we got to speak, we got to speak. If we got to teach, we got to teach. If we got to give, we got to give. Amen? And uh, I, uh, it's my privilege to be able to bring up uh, Mike Gentis. I know a man who, uh, who's ready to give, to be there, and just speak God's word. Thanks, Joey. Appreciate it. Yeah. We're going to see if this thing works here real quick. Uh, maybe um, I brought a remote, but David's been uh, a stalwart back there. Can you guys give him a, a round of applause? Actually, that guy, like I gave him uh, too hard of a task this morning. Hey, look at that. It goes goes forward. Great. So this is my family. My wife, uh, Mindy, is here today and uh, my kids are not. So um, that is the crew of us. So it's uh, my privilege to be here. Uh, this week, I get to hang out with some of your leaders uh, during the year. I work with, uh, we have a network of about uh, 23 Grace Churches here in Southern California and Arizona. And so I get to serve uh, with that team as well, as well as with Encompass. And so uh, I get to hang out with th- some of your leaders. Uh, we're thankful for your church hosting our latest gathering here in May, right here at the church. Uh, we talked about Urban Hope Opportunity and, uh, you know, prayed for your church, prayed for uh, what God's doing here. We uh, have been praying for you, and uh, we know that this hasn't been the easiest of seasons. And uh, we do know that God is uh, mighty to save, and he can move the mountains. And uh, we believe that, and we believe in what God's doing here in your church family. So today I'm wearing my Encompass hat, though. Uh, So I work with Encompass World Partners in mobilization. And uh, so I wanted to also remind you that today is Pentecost Sunday. So in our uh, tradition, we don't typically uh, take the big deal on the on the religious holidays, but it's it's hard to believe seven weeks ago was Easter. Um, and uh, in the economy of the New Testament, what Jesus would have done, he would have, um, you know, at Passover, he he uh, died on the cross and then he rose again. And then he was being seen by witnesses for, you know, some time, about 40, 50 days. And the 50th day, Pentecost, the 50th day after is the celebration uh, that was the Jewish feast. And uh, on this day, what happened uh, after Jesus uh, rose again? What happened 50 days after that on Pentecost Sunday? What, the Holy Spirit did what? He came down, right? He came down and uh, and he allowed the people that were in um, that were following Jesus to actually they he infused them. Uh, he filled them. He moved in and uh, God with us in a really personal way. And tongues of fire were on their head. And if you don't aren't familiar with that story, you can look at it in chapter two of the book of Acts. And I just want to run there really quick. Um, um, it was uh, the, the disciples were all scared. <laughs> they were all hanging out in a room, uh, huddled with the door closed. And Jesus had come through that door a couple of times <laughs> and said, peace be with you. Um, but they were they were scared because the Jews had killed Jesus. <laughs> Why wouldn't they kill them? <laughs> right. So they were scared until this moment when they were celebrating Pentecost and uh and this amazing, miraculous moment happened where the, all the disciples who were there, they began to speak in languages, maybe in some Amazonian languages, maybe in some, no, but all the languages of the peoples that were gathered in Jerusalem. It was a big festival that day. And these people who 
were multilingual. Most of the disciples could speak a trade language and, and, you know, a variety of languages, but they were speaking languages they didn't know. And people were tuning in and saying, oh, my goodness, I can hear my language. I'm from hundreds of miles away. And all of a sudden, these guys are speaking my language. What is going on? And Peter takes that occasion. Um, well, the, the, the people were laughing at them, saying, oh, well, they're just drunk. <laughs> Those guys have just had too much to drink. That's why they're speaking uh, a bunch of gibberish. Well, they weren't speaking gibberish. They were speaking languages that people were understanding. It was a miraculous thing that the Holy Spirit allowed to happen in that time. And Peter took that opportunity to grab the microphone <laughs> and to stand up in front of that group and begin to recount the stories from the Old Testament the whole way up to uh, through the prophets and to articulate about Jesus. And he ends his message uh, being saying this, be assured of this, that God has made this Jesus who you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And that's what this church has proclaimed for a long time. That Jesus <laughs> is both Lord and Messiah. He's the one that you want. And the and the crowd that was gathered there, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And this is what Peter replied. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. That's really cool because guess what? We show up in this verse. <laughs> this happened in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And guess what? That promise is for all who are far off. Guess what? We are alone. How far away from Jerusalem? Anybody? Somebody Google it. I didn't actually look this morning, but... I was going to, and I missed it. But uh, we are far off from where Jerusalem is, thousands of miles from where Jerusalem is. But we have that same message. And today, if you don't know about this Jesus, who is Lord and Messiah, we want you to know about him. Because he's who we're singing about. He's who we're talking about. And that's uh, where our whole faith and this church is all about, is about Jesus. Um, But each one of us can have the forgiveness of our sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and actually be counted into God's family. So that's what happened in chapter 2 in the book of Acts. And today, being Pentecost Sunday, it's good to look back at that. Um, As soon as that happens, um, there are... About how many people get saved that day? Do you guys remember that story? About 3,000 people uh, repented in that moment. In Jerusalem. So all of a sudden there was a move of God, not only in the people speaking other languages, but now those 120 or so disciples who were following Jesus now were leading about 3000 new believers following Jesus in a special way. And they began to gather into families. They began to gather into spiritual families. And this is the very next verses start to talk about what that church looked like in the first tense, in the first century. And it says they devoted themselves. That devotion word is pretty key. We're going to come back to that in a minute. But um, when we think about church, you guys, a lot of you have shown devotion to this church and to Jesus for, for many years. And devotion is part of what the church ought to be about. And that's the kind of key word that leads off what the church looked like. You know, if you were to take a snapshot picture, this is the picture of the early church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes the lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved and so jesus um, and the holy spirit 
kind of infused the church and began to push them out into the community. And so then what happened? Um, well, they began to think about what all did Jesus teach me? Because part of, we talked about the Great Commission a little bit earlier, go and make disciples, teaching them to obey all that Jesus commanded. Well, where should the church go? Um, just a chapter earlier, Jesus had said this to uh, the disciples. And uh, they were asking, Jesus, when are you going to set up your kingdom here on earth? We know that heaven's going to be a great place. Can it happen right now? Would you just take over and rule? And Jesus, before he ascended and went back to heaven, he said this in Acts chapter 1 and verses 7 and 8. It's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So Jesus was forecasting what was going to happen on Pentecost Sunday. He said, you're going to get some power not because you're special, but because the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so this is the picture that Jesus painted for them about where they were going to talk about, where they were going to have power to get to. Where they were going to have power to get to. And who they were going to get their power from. It wasn't going to be from uh, what they knew. It wasn't going to be from how th- devoted they were. It was going to be from the Holy Spirit. And that uh, the Holy Spirit moving into our lives gives us power. <laughs> when we bow our knee and say to Jesus, I want to follow you with all of my life, guess what he does? He sends the Holy Spirit to move into your life and you get power. Not power to do whatever the heck you want. <laughs> power to do what. God wants power to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Now, we, uh, as I mentioned earlier, are at the far reaches of Jerusalem. Did anybody find out who Googled it? 7,500 miles. Good. Is that, can I get a second? Is that, is that about right? 7,500 miles. So we're a long way from where all this happened. But guess what? We get to experience the truth about Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we gather here as family devoted to the apostles teaching, the breaking of bread, to prayer, to worship, to telling others about Jesus, we are his church at the ends of the earth, right? 7,500 and some miles away. We are kind of at the ends of the earth. Um, this is the, the passage for today, and just a little tip. Next week I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about Titus kind of as the whole thing. But as I was reading through Titus and praying about you know, what to share with, with uh, the community here, I knew today was a special day on missions, and so I'm, I want to be about that. But this, this passage popped up at the end of, of, the, of, uh, of the book, right as Paul is kind of writing uh, this letter to Titus, and, uh, and he says, let our people, let the, the disciples in our church uh, in the, in, on the island of Crete. It's interesting. He's on an island. You guys work on islands. Um, you, know, you know, I wish I would lived in Hawaii uh, someday. I wish I was an island worker at times, too. But, but, but Titus was an island worker, and, and he was given a task to, to shepherd the church there um, and to extend it on that island. It's not a little island. It's a, it's a large island, the island of Crete. Is. We'll talk more about that next week. But anyway, as... As Paul kind of left a charge with Titus at the very close of his letter, he said this, let our people, let our disciples learn to devote themselves. There's that devotion word again. Devote themselves to good works. And as to help in cases of urgent need. 
and not to be unfruitful. There is an urgent need. <laughs> and part of doing good works, doing the works that we have the power of the Spirit to do. I'm not saying that we need to do good works to earn our salvation. But at, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that when the Spirit moves into our lives, guess what? We do good works. <laughs> we, we move forward into doing good for others. And we need to learn to devote ourselves to doing those good works, and especially in places of urgent need. Our brother just shared that there are islands, there are small villages on the Amazon where people have never heard about Jesus Christ. Never heard. That seems to me to be an, uh, an urgent need, right? <laughs> that is an urgent need. And as we think about the whole of, you know, oh, how do we take the gospel to the ends of the earth, right? That's what Jesus said. He said, you'll be my witnesses close by and to the ends of the earth. And what is the ends of the earth today? And that's um, part of our challenge and part of what your church has been part of for uh, 100 years <laughs> is actually going to the ends of the earth. That's why you partner with Wayne and Ellen is to take the gospel to people who urgently need to hear about it because they won't hear about it unless somebody goes. Another thing about today is uh, today is um, the International Day for the Unreached. Um, so it's Pentecost Sunday, and one of those guys in the mission space said, guess what, it would be a really great day to talk about reaching what we call the unreached. And those would be people that don't have access to the gospel. Um, at the bottom of that, this is just a snapshot off of their, uh, just a picture of their website. Um, so what will it take to reach those who have yet to hear of Jesus? That's the, the begging question, the urgent question today that I want to put on your plate um, is what will it take to reach those who have yet to hear about Jesus? We can do we can partner with the patents and we're glad for that partnership. But it's going to take more than just partnership, I think. <laughs> I think it's going to take some prayers and some giving and some going and some uh, even more sacrifice. Whoops, hang on one second. Stop. Okay, so today uh, we kind of, for Encompass, uh, we're, we're glad to be here. So Wayne and Ellen, our Encompass missionary, has been great uh, for us for a long time. And uh, we're, we're really thankful for them. And you guys have been behind Encompass for a long time. And so I just wanted to, we're talking today kind of about a, as a mission day. And so just wanted to share this video that uh, tells a little bit about Encompass and uh, a greeting from our director as well.
told us to go, but no one should go alone. Together, we encompass the world with the love of Christ. Welcome to Mission Day, a day dedicated to celebrating how your church is engaged in spreading the good news of Jesus Christ around the globe. I'm Dave Giles, and I serve as director of Encompass World Partners. We're a cross-cultural missions agency, and we serve churches like yours that form part of the Caris Fellowship of North America. Encompass began over 100 years ago, so we've been at this for a long time. Currently, we deploy about 120 cross-cultural workers who serve in 18 countries. What do they do? They seek to serve as the feet, the hands, and the voice of Jesus. As feet, they physically go to places where people need to experience the hope of Jesus Christ. As hands, they work hard to build meaningful relationships and bless others through concrete acts of service. And as voices, they share the life-changing message of Jesus in ways that make sense in the local language and culture. This Mission Day, we're inviting you and your entire church to pour out your hearts in prayer for these workers as well as for all the workers your church sponsors. Using the resources at your disposal, we encourage you to learn their stories and pray for them by name. Ask God to encourage them, to bless their efforts, and to provide the resources they need to continue their good work. And while we're at it, why not commit to praying for these workers throughout the year? Make prayer for God's world a regular part of your day and ask Him how He might use your talents and your resources to help bring the hope of Christ to every corner of the globe. There's a little uh, greeting from our office, too, and we want to encourage you to pray. And uh, we're proud that your... uh, Mission staff uh, internationally is all with Encompass, uh, and so one of those is Cecil and Debbie O'Dell, uh, who are good friends. Uh, they wanted to be here today, but Cecil has uh, actually went back to Oklahoma to visit his folks, and so he sends his greetings. Cecil and his team in Long Beach are doing a great job of reaching uh, the Japanese, and so as uh, Dave asked us to pray, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give us 30 seconds, okay? Do you know about Cecil and Debbie? Can someone t- So you guys know about them? So you could pray if we gave you 30 seconds to do that right now. Okay, so they're working amongst the Japanese. The Japanese are one of the least reached people on our on our planet. They're less than a 0.3% of uh, them are evangelical followers of Jesus. And so uh, we have a, a ministry right in Long Beach where they reach out to Cal State Long Beach students and uh, encourage them to find out about Jesus. And so uh, why don't we do that? So I'm going to give you 30 seconds to pray for Cecil and Debbie. Okay, on your mark, get set. You can do that with your neighbor if you want to and say it out loud, but you can do it in your brain too. Go. God, thank you for using Cecil and Debbie to reach uh, the Japanese for you. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, Another one of your workers that's deployed around the world is... uh 
is Patty Morris, and Patty works in France, and she does some amazing administrative things behind the scenes that makes the ministry really go. Uh, one of those huge areas, she's obviously in Lyon, France, and uh, she works with a, one of our local churches there, and we're really excited about what she's doing and kind of local evangelism and, and uh, Bible studies and all that sort of stuff there. Uh, but she also works with the Chateau. She sent me a note uh, for you guys, and so let me... Oops, it... Bumped on to you guys, but Patty is who we're still talking about. <laughs> um, so uh, she, uh, her, her sisters Betsy and Margie were there from the 5th to the 20th, so maybe you guys already knew that. Um, the, early this morning, uh, she took one of them to the airport. Actually, the, uh, she took, hang on, let me get to it. Let me just read it, and that way I won't uh, kill your time. The activities for the ministry are winding down. I have only three or four ladies' Bible studies going through the end of June, um, and and many house group meetings still to go. In each group, we'll end with a fellowship meal. The year has been excellent in both groups, and I'm very thankful to see the growth in each one using their spiritual gifts and serving others. Pray for transitions at the Chateau. My sisters and I spent Tuesday night there and took some of our staff out to dinner at a crepe place in Tournou. Um, and uh, I was just actually at the Chateau, and uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to see Patty. Uh, she was uh, busy while I was there, but uh, it was it was good to see the the fruit of her labor. Warm greetings to all. Of course, the Norwalk Church holds a fond spot in my heart because it was there that I invited I was invited to take the church bus to Sunday school and subsequently trusted Christ as my Savior. Uh, P.S. I took Margie to the airport this morning, but Betsy caught the same virus that we had during the week and wasn't able to fly. Pray that we can find a return flight for her in the coming week that won't cost an arm and a leg. So would you take uh, 30 seconds and pray for Patty, for the discipleship groups that are going on, for ministry at the Chateau, and obviously for this urgent need. We'll give you 30 seconds. Jesus, thanks that we can take time right now to pray for Patty. And we do pray uh, for Betsy that you would heal her and that they could find a flight that she could get uh, get home safe and with uh, low cost. In Jesus' name, amen. And finally, your kind of third workers. You've heard a lot from Wayne and Ellen over the, the last week or so as they've been here. And so... Uh, you know what to pray about for them. So I'm just going to give, I'm going to give you a minute because they're right here. So if a couple of you want to come and uh, stand next to them and say something over them, you're welcome to do that. But uh, we'll just take a minute or so right now and uh, pray for them.
Jesus, we lift Wayne and Ellen into your hands, and we thank you for the time they've had to be here, part of this community, and to share. Uh, thanks for the, the pictures that we've seen and the work that they're doing. We do pray for um, the, the ministries on each of these islands and in these points, mission points, that you would continue to raise up workers in those air, on those uh, islands and in those spaces to, uh, to carry on the ministry. God, thanks for the fruitful reports that we're hearing, even while they're gone, that the Mother's Day thing went really, really well and uh, those sorts of things. We pray that you give them a refreshing uh, time here in the States as they serve us and serve other supporting churches. And we pray for a, a good uh, time of, of rest for them uh, here in a month or so. And then we pray, God, as they get back uh, their feet on the ground and, and uh, going on the boat, uh, that you would really be with them uh, as, as they settle back into their ministry in Brazil. We thank you for how they carry out the mission of this church in a, in a tough place in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. So glad to pray for you guys and keep doing that. The one thing that Encompass needs is toughness. Uh, we need tough leaders to go to tough places to do a tough job. And uh, so if you want to go live on the Amazon... There's, uh, there's plenty of river to go investigate and tell people about Jesus. If you want to go to France and talk to uh, postmodern people, students and, and adults and kids that have not considered Jesus before because they think that stuff's uh, crazy, you can do that. If you want to work with the Japanese right here in Long Beach, you can do that. You can greet students. You can host them in your home. There's all kinds of things that you can do. But uh, to go to the nations, to go to um, the ends of the earth still, we need tough leaders to go to tough places to do a tough job. And if that makes you lean forward in your seat, I want to talk to you. <laughs> I want to talk to you about going to, uh, to the Muslim world. I want to talk to you about uh, going to, uh, to uh, Japan or to other places where it's really, really tough to be. Uh, if you want to go to the inner city, guess what? You can hang out right here <laughs> and work with Urban Hope. Uh, but um, this toughness component, I think, is, is part of what... Um, we're, we're seeking and what God wants. That devotion word, <laughs> I think as you're devoted and you see God show up, it develops a toughness in you to be continually devoted, to continue to give your life over to God and say, continue to use me, and even to make tough or some people would say crazy decisions to move your family as with young children to the Amazon or, or to move into inner city or to do those things. Um, Toughness is needed. And so I don't know. It's not super sexy. It's not super, um, you know, um, applauded necessarily. But but we need tough people to go to tough places to do a tough job. And so if that makes you lean forward, come talk to me uh, or come talk to these guys because they'd love to have you <laughs> in Brazil and, uh, and and come talk to the Lansings as they want you to be engaged here um, in in this community. So. You know, what is the scripture behind this? We read this earlier, but go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that Jesus uh, commanded us. And he said he would be with us always to the end of the age. So Jesus is with us to the end of the age and as we take the gospel to the ends of the earth. So the thing is, is that if, if you're thinking about, oh, how do I go to a tough place? Guess what? Jesus is going with you. <laughs> You're not going by yourself. The same power that came uh, through the Holy Spirit on those in the first century that helped them speak in other languages and that helped them do amazing things and spread the gospel in the first century, that same spirit is access for you. <laughs> that same Jesus who loved uh, those disciples and was there with them, he is with you to the end of the age. And uh, 
We need new disciples in churches everywhere. So Norwalk needs new disciples. So this might uh, come out in someone that you're praying for regularly, and and we'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, SoCal needs new churches, new disciples that that, uh, birth new churches. And so uh, yesterday I was at a meeting with Spanish speakers. Uh, Some of our gracious churches here in the region are uh, dreaming about starting new churches right here in Southern California, and we need it. And uh, if if you uh, have some Spanish language ability, we'd love to... uh, uh, talk to you about how to how to empower that here in our region. Um, the gospel also compels us to be crossing cultures to make new disciples and start new churches. So the, the gospel doesn't just say I need to only reach my neighbor. It actually says uh, Jerusalem. I need to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so uh, we have to cross cultures. It's interesting to me that uh, when the Spirit came, one of the manifestations was a cross-cultural work, right? It was speaking in other languages. Um, and so uh, that cross-cultural work is necessary. And this church has been uh, cool at crossing at least the Spanish-speaking, uh, English-speaking divide in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, that's not true of every one of our churches here in Southern California. And so kudos to you guys for uh, for crossing the culture right here in your family. And uh, the least reach are waiting. Um, there's about 2.5 billion people today that won't drive by a church or walk by a church or know a Christian that in their whole life sphere, they could live and die and never know a Christian. And that seems inconceivable to you and I, but it happens every year as we receive Cal State Long Beach students who come from Japan. Most of them have never met a Christian before in their life. It doesn't mean they can't Google it on the Internet and they can't read the Bible because they got the Internet. Okay, so it's not about that, but it's about how does how does someone become the feet and the hands and the voice of Jesus? And there are people that are outside of access of the gospel. And that's who we call the unreached or the least reached. And they're waiting. They're waiting in the Amazon River. They're waiting in Japan. They're waiting in the Muslim world. They're are many who are waiting to hear about Jesus, and the need is urgent. So um, how might God be asking you to take a next step? Uh, Maybe you aren't doing this, but I'd encourage you to pray for one friend regularly that may not know Jesus. Put their name on your mirror in your bathroom. Put their name on your, uh, I don't know. Um, You guys are pretty practical like that around here, so you guys are probably already doing this. But just as a way to begin to pray. Uh, for Encompass, we have daily emails that we send out. We'd love to, to send that to you. And then we also have in the back, uh, for each of you, uh, you're welcome to take one of these. This is a 31-day prayer guide, and it will lead you through kind of praying through the nations. And uh, it has kind of a little Bible study on the front end, and uh, you can use that as a way to pray. Um, it's kind of really cool. So each week, there's like a devotional thought at the beginning, so you could use this in a small group or in your Sunday school class or, you know, those kinds of things. It would be awesome uh, for you, and you can take those. Those are on the table in the back, and so we'd love to have you do that. Uh, how might God be asking you to take a next step in mission in giving? Uh, maybe you should buy some extra food. Now you're thinking, huh, giving, I'm buying more food, to have a meal with, with your friend. <laughs> okay, so don't just pray for your friend. Invite them to your house for a meal. Maybe a way for you to give is actually this week when you go to the grocery store, buy some extra food so that that person can come over to your house and you can have a meal with them. Now, I'm not saying that sit down and you uh, throw out a track and throw out, but you might throw out a story cloth <laughs> and you might say, are these, are these, you know, 
Check this out. I just found out about this from this guy down in Brazil. He's doing this. Check this out. And they'll look at that and they'll go, what is that? Huh? It works in Brazil. It might work on your dining room table as well. Uh, make a personal goal on giving. You know, do you have a personal goal on what you want to give? Maybe you look in the bulletin and say, oh, that's what our church is giving. But what about yourself? Um, as we think about giving to the ends of the earth, about giving to reach the ends of the earth, do you have a personal goal on what you want to give to make a difference for the gospel around the world? And support your current missionaries. Uh, you know, support these guys. Uh, support Cecil and Debbie and support uh, Patty and her work. And uh, that's another way to give. And thanks for doing that. You know, as an Encompass person, I'm not beating you on the head saying give more. That's not... I'm saying that God is generous and what he's given to us generously, we can give back and he can make it even more fruitful. He takes a couple of fish and feeds a whole flock, right? He takes a, a couple of pieces of bread and, and does the same. And go. Uh, sow the gospel everywhere you go. Um, you know, that's the, the vital part of being a witness in, our, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And uh, are you intrigued to go to a tough place? And maybe you just want to taste it out. With Encompass, we have internships that you can go for a month or so to check that out. Um, if you're interested in going for a, a one week to kind of get um, your arms around, uh, um, you know, what different faiths are like, we, we'd be glad to do that. I know Ed Treiner's been here, and he does those uh, those days. Uh, what does he call them? Global uh, encounter days or something like that. So uh, discovering your world, that's what it is. Discovering your world. And so Ed would be glad to take you guys uh, and, and engage someplace right here in Southern California where you can engage the world where people are not naming Jesus yet and uh, and might be in another faith system and would, would want to do that. And then uh, consider a conversation with uh, with me or your, your leaders here about, um, man, I, I really... You know, this place has really grabbed my heart or this thing, uh, you know, I can make coffee really good. I can make a I can make a business out of that. Maybe uh, you want to do uh, skiing. Um, we have a ski lodge in Japan. Maybe, you know, maybe you want to go on a boat. Maybe you want to, you know, I don't know what God's put in your heart, but I'd love to have a conversation with you about maybe uh, a next step. So as uh, as we end um, today, I just want to uh, encourage you to. Read Titus for next week, okay? So I'm giving you a, a couple of practical things to do. So we're going to talk about Titus next week, so I'd love for you to do that. So let me pray for us, um, and then do we have a worship song after this or no? Are we done? We're done. Okay, let me pray us out. Jesus, thank you for today. Uh, thanks for this time to be gathered together as your family, uh, the family of uh, Norwalk Grace. And we, we thank you for uh, the things that we've heard. We thank you for vac Vacation uh, Bible Club that's coming up soon and that we can participate in. We thank you for uh, the patents and what they've shared about what they're involved in and uh, the reach of this church uh, the whole way to Brazil. We thank you for the reach of this church into France uh, through Patty, and we thank you uh, for that into the Japanese um, right here in Long Beach and also back in Japan. And we're thankful for um, what this church has been about for uh, many years. Uh, but now, God, we do ask that maybe it's time for me to buy an extra bit of groceries this week or uh, to invite my friend over or to throw a story cloth out on the table and to uh, to put Jesus in the front of the conversation with, with my friends. God, uh, I don't know what all you're stirring up today. And as we talk about missions and about what you're doing in the world, we're excited and we're also anticipating what you'll do in and through us um, this week and in the days and, and months to come. And so 
Jesus, thank you that you love us and that uh, you reached us, even though we're 7,000 miles from Jerusalem, and uh, that you're asking us to reach others for your sake and for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. So thanks for being here at Norwalk Grace today. Have a great, great Sunday. We'd love to talk to you at the tables, as these guys would too, and there's still some coffee back there from what I heard.